Hey, what's up? Our guest is Frankie Edgar, who won a UFC lightweight title in 2010. He was a nominee for Best Upset of the Year at the 2010 ESPY Awards. We're joined by Petey, Greg Peterson, and former UK Wildcat Josh Carrier. Frankie, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. The pride of Tom's River, New Jersey. And for the listeners out there, I want to give you a little rundown of the background with Frankie. We'll get to more of that. But in terms of the rundown of the divisions of fighters, how you got your start in the octagon, and what led you to transition from wrestling to ultimate fighting? Can you talk about that process a little bit? Yeah, well, you know, I grew up wrestling in high school and college. Uh, and uh, during my college uh, senior year is when the Ultimate Fighter show, uh, the first one from, from, from UFC, came on. Uh was during my senior season, and it's just something that really caught my attention. So, you know, after graduating college, uh, I just started pursuing mixed martial arts, and one thing led to another, and I ended up fighting, uh, you know, a, probably a couple weeks after I started training, and then five fights later, I ended up in the UFC about, about a year, year and a half into my career. I for a guy that wrestled a program like Clarion in Pennsylvania, also the alma mater of Kurt Angle and UK Hoops coach John Calipari. You certainly have made a name for yourself, and in doing some reading, you tried out for Ultimate Fighter and did not get selected. Then a month later, they called you and asked you if you wanted to sign on. How about that for a swing of emotions for your career? Yeah, that was tough. I, when I went down to, to try out for Ultimate Fighter, um, you know, the way it works, you, you do a pad work session, a grappling session, and then... Uh, you got to pass both of those, and, and then you go sit down with the producers and they talk to you. So uh, I thought I was just sure foot in. You know, uh, I made it through the first two rounds, talked to the producers, but, uh, you know, I wasn't, uh, I guess, a loud, boisterous type person they were looking for for the show. So I didn't make it, but uh, just went back home, went back to the drawing board, and, uh, you know, I had a full time job at times as a commercial plumber. And uh, I remember sitting home after work one night, and I got a call asking me to, uh, to participate in the UFC 67. And, uh, of course, I jumped to it, and, and the rest is history, I guess you could say. Well, Frankie, talk a little bit about climbing through the ranks, and as you mentioned, in early 2010, captured the UFC lightweight championship by unanimous decision over BJ Penn after five rounds. Walk us through what we can only imagine. We talked about before, lots of emotions after so much training, hard work, and especially dedication. Luckily, uh, you know, I'm a pretty hardworking guy, disciplined, and you know, all those things that I learned in wrestling kind of just, you know, was able to shift me into to my martial arts career. And, you know, just uh, took one fight at a time and, you know, got a got a, got a chance to fight for the title in uh, Abu Dhabi, which, uh, you know, I'll be fighting there soon, actually, again, uh, 10 years later. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty special night for me. Uh, you know, I came up short in my wrestling career a couple times, you know, a couple seconds in stage and, you know, missed All-American round and a triple overtime match. Hey, Frankie, so obviously – physicality working out working on your craft is something that you have to do as a fighter but sometimes people don't think about the mental toll and the mental approach can you talk about the things that you do to get ready for your fights from a mental standpoint yeah i guess the mental thing is it's just you know not getting uh the ups and downs of, of, of a camp get, get get to you you know you're gonna have good days you're gonna have bad days and uh you kind of got to roll with the punches you know and um you know, MMA is definitely tough on your body, tough on your mind. And, you know, the more you could kind of let it, you know, just brush off your shoulder and kind of have a, you know, amnesia of, of a bad workout and, and just go back into the next workout with uh, the same enthusiasm uh, really helps, you know. Um, you know, especially after losses or, or just tough days, you, you don't want to dwell on those too, too much. And also you don't want to dwell on wins too much either because, 
You don't want to start believing your own hype before before it's real. Can you walk us through, Frankie, what it's like in terms of your training methods when you're inching closer and closer to the day of the fight? How do things scale back that much closer to the day of the fight? What's the process there? Yeah, well, I typically start, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that's always in the gym, so I'm never too far out of shape, which is which is definitely helps me get ready. Um, but, you know, once, once I have a fight locked in, um, you know, definitely very consistent, working out twice a day. Uh, you know, always off on Sundays to let the body rest, but, um, you know, mixing up wrestling, jiu-jitsu, boxing, and, and, and putting it all together on MMA sparring days. And as we get closer, you got to taper down and you got to make the weight. So you got to make sure you let your body recover so we can peak on fight night. You've been fighting in UFC for quite a while now. Talk about how UFC has changed since 2016 and the acquisition of over $4 billion. What has changed? Uh, and it has it helped the sport for the better? Uh, well, I think the biggest thing that changed is, uh, you know, ESPN deal. Um, I've worked Fox, I think, in 2012, maybe. So, uh, you know, that that was, uh, you know, going from, from Spike to Fox to now ESPN. It's just it's just getting more mainstream, more more in the public eye. More in the public eye. And, uh, you know, we're on Sports Center just like all the other sports. Uh, you have Stephen A. Smith talking about us just like the other sports. So, you know that that's always a plus. You know, the more you can get in, in, in people's living rooms, the, the more uh, recognition and and eyes you get on you. Frank, there's so much social media out there. I've seen back and forth all this stuff about your nickname, the answer. Tell me about that nickname a little bit more, the background, and how you feel about that nickname. Yeah, you know, a teammate of, of mine gave it to me um, more so because uh, he was training and uh, he called me the answer because I, I helped him with his wrestling and kind of stuck with uh, stuck. It just sounded good with Edgar. So I, I let it roll. You're not allowed to pick your own nickname, I feel like. So uh, I, I kind of just let it stuck. And I was always, I was always a fan of Allen Iverson anyway, little guy always you know, playing super hard. So it was fitting for me. You're known as a guy that gives back and enjoys coach. You just talked about that. And your involvement at Rutgers and with mentoring the future of the USC, why do you find that as an important part of your legacy? I just think you always have to give back, you know, um, especially in wrestling uh you know as soon as i started wrestling i would always go back to whether it was uh my club or my high school and, and then you know now Rutgers, and it's a good way for you to just become a better person and, and a better athlete yourself you know always coaching guys you, you realize that you're telling them to do stuff and you're like yeah man i need to do these things as well so it, just, it helps you keep rounded and, and grounded as well well frankie speaking of giving back i know you keep a close relationship with the Derigi family back home in Tom's River. How has your bond with Maddie been so valuable to you throughout your career? Yeah, I, I know Maddie through uh, his cousin, Vinny Delafab, is a kid that um, we grew up wrestling. Um, you know, I'm quite older than him, so I helped coach him You know, most of my life in high school and also at Rutgers. And, and now we're just very, very good friends. We actually own a club together. And, you know, I met Matthew, uh, you know, years back. Um, and just the, the, how resilient Maddie is and, you know, dealing with his uh, his, his illness and, and the way he doesn't let it bother him, affect him. He kind of goes about his day, and he's very ambitious. And, uh, you know, you, you learn from those type of people because, uh, you know, when you're as fortunate to, to be able to just, you know, have a normal life, to see someone like that, it really puts things in perspective. And, um, you know, he, he's just a good person to be around and, uh, you know, special, special young man. So, Frankie, you've fought in a couple different divisions, and so we have a lot of basketball listeners uh, for our podcast. They are obviously UFC fans as, as the sport grows. But can you touch on 
I guess the advantages and disadvantages of fighting in the featherweight division or the lightweight division and just give us some uh, details around that. Yeah, well, when I first got into the UFC, uh, the, the lightweight division was pretty much the only division they had. That was the lightest division, 155. Uh, you know, I wrestled 141 in my senior year in college, and uh, 155 was, if I wanted to fight, that was the only division I could have gone. So, uh, you know, I really didn't have to cut any weight. I used to eat before weighing, so, so it wasn't too light. Um, you know, I was able to capture the title there and, and defend it three times. Uh, and then I lost a couple of close fights, so I thought it was a you know, time, good time to go down to 145. Uh, and then, you know, as the sport progresses, people get bigger and better. And even at 145, I ended up being a, kind of a smaller guy. Um, but I got to fight for the title for, you know, three times at, at 145 camp, camp short. Yeah. You know, there's always the give and take though. You know, the, the bigger guys are a little bit slower, you know, but they're also a lot bigger and stronger. And then as you get smaller, they're a little bit, a little bit, you know, they don't hit as hard, but they're definitely a little more technical and more athletic. So Frankie, you have a wife and kids at home and you, participate in a sport that is very dangerous talk about uh your wife's point of view and do you recommend this uh, life uh and and uh profession for your kids especially your boys uh well yeah my wife uh, she's you know me, uh, me and my wife known each other for a very long time so she knows the type of person i am we uh you know started dating our first year in college but uh, me and my wife were actually in the same kindergarten class so uh we've known each other for a very long time so she knew what I'm about and that this sport was kind of, I have to believe I was kind of made for the sport, I guess, in a way. So she's very supportive, always been since day one. Uh, doesn't get too, too involved, but uh, is there to support me, you know, every step of the way. And uh, if my boys decide to do this, uh, I got to make sure that they want to do it and they want to be serious about it. Um, Fighting is a great sport. I, I love it. I wouldn't change it, but uh, it's definitely tough on the body. And, uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, I'm living it, you know, in 10, 20 years from now, we'll see how the effects of it. So uh, if they have the passion for it and they take it seriously, I'll 100% support them. But uh, I may not steer them that way. <laughs> Frankie, I've been in broadcasting for 21 years at the local level. But just from a national standpoint, you kind of talked about it with the national exposure, the television exposure. And when you talk about MMA, I think a lot of people have approached me and said, okay, I know you're covering basketball, football, baseball. You kind of have the big three. But was there a moment in your career where you felt like the light bulb went off? It was kind of flipped the switch. Wow, MMA, it's really taking off nationwide. Yeah, uh, you know, it seems like every fight I come back from, um, you get noticed more and more. And uh, throughout my career, you know, the early fights, you know, I almost had to defend what I did to, to people. They, you know, they were they were like, why are you fighting? You know, you have a college degree. Why why do you want to do this? And I had to explain myself, oh, it's, you know, it's pretty safe. It's, 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 uh, it's you know, so I can make a living doing this. And then now you get people saying, hey, can I get your picture? Hey, can I do this? Hey, I'm a fan of this. So, you know, you see people, people starting to uh, really catch on to it. Well, Frankie, I've asked this to a lot of our, our previous guests. What is a one or a few of your what I call pinch me moments throughout your career where you've really kind of taken a step back and said, wow, this is where my career is, has led me. One of my most favorite moments uh, is when I, I defended my, my uh, lightweight title against uh, Gray Maynard. For, for, uh, we had a trilogy series and uh, I was able to finish that the, the last fight with a knockout. And uh, I remember going back to the hotel and instead of taking the back answers, my manager said, let's go to the front, and went to the front and, it was just a melee of people in, in in there, you know, wanting to get a piece of me, people grabbing at me, and, 
it that was that was definitely a, a pinchy moment because uh, you know I, I I'm not I'm not the, the most braggadocious type of person so I'm pretty humble and you know pretty low key so for that it was uh, was definitely a, a pretty pretty surreal moment you know and uh, I was like wow man these these people are definitely digging me so uh, that that was a cool feeling and definitely well deserved after something like that yes thank you so you're clearly a shoe in for the Hall of Fame after holding a championship for almost 700 days. Do you see coaching in your future? I know you've dabbed into broadcasting as well. What's in it? What's next for Frankie? Yeah, I'll definitely stay involved in the sport. You know, um, you know, probably on the coaching side, I'd always love help my teammates, uh, you know, possibly in the management side as well. Um, you know, I, I feel like I have a lot of good experience and, and good connections that I could help a lot of the young fighters. So uh, that'll be an avenue that I'll, that I'll be looking into as, as well. What would you say, Frankie, just to kind of close here, you would take away most in terms of what the sport has given to you in terms of travel, the experiences, the interactions with the various people at so many different levels of fighting? Martial arts, uh, you know, like I said, I was a college grad, you know, and this and that, but I feel like there's more culture on martial arts match than, than any college I've been to. Uh, you know, being uh, around people that, you know, speak a different language or have a different faith, I've uh, been to Asia, the Middle East, Russia, and, uh, you know, having that common bond with people that, you know, grew up different than you and speak a different language, have a different faith. It's uh, it's something special that I'd never anticipated uh, to, to, to find in martial arts. So, Frank, you have a random question for you. So, obviously, your life uh, revolves around fighting in UFC. What is a sport that you enjoy to watch the most outside of fighting? I, I'm an NBA fan. Um I definitely like watching probably basketball is the the, the sport. Well, besides college wrestling and international wrestling, obviously, because I was involved in that as well. Well, Frankie, I appreciate the time. I know Josh does as well, and Petey likewise. So really appreciate learning more and more about your background. Just some great stuff. Appreciate you taking the time, Frankie. Yeah, no, my pleasure, guys. It's a great time talking to you guys. Thanks, Frankie. Thanks, Frankie. Good luck. Yep. You guys right. take care. Right. Thanks right. so much. Thank you, In our next episode, we're joined by Rice, head men's basketball coach, Scott Para. Find us wherever you get your podcast and follow us on Twitter at WhistleStopPod.